Blog Talk Radio.
Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. Did you miss us? (laughs) (laughs) I miss them. We are glad to be back with you guys this evening. Yes, we appreciate you guys rocking with us. Listen, those those re-listens are on point. The replays. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for all of those that are listening to us from out of the USA. Welcome to Let's Chat. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Absolutely. And like we said, we so appreciate each and every one of you. You know, without you guys, Lisa and I would be sitting up here every other evening just talking to ourselves. But y'all know we have no problem with doing that sometimes. It may sound like it <laughs> when we're on the air even, but we're actually talking to you guys and giving y'all that entertainment, just a break from all the things that's going on in this world. So we want to thank you guys for rocking with us like Lisa has. And once again, we are back here on Let's Chat Tuesdays now. Yes, new nights, new things, guys. So... We will have still have our interviews, um, but at eight o'clock, let's chat. Uh, radio sports will be uh, on and popping, and that will be uh, Mr. Jazz, Miss Tony, sometimes myself, but we'll you know gangs all here on let's chat. So we're all gonna be uh, on the show on today, and I appreciate that because have y'all listened to let's chat sports? Listen, they be talking that talk talk. Like Tony is like sports one on one. Listen, don't talk about her in New York dead Yankee nobody. <laughs> yeah, I'm a homer, but sometimes, you know, Jazz insisted I put my host hat on and she was like, Come out of it, T, come out of it. <laughs> so we want you guys to enjoy Let's Chat Sports. That's going to start at 8 o'clock. We still have our fabulous interviews. Uh, We got a lot of stuff going. You know, when we first started the show, my thought was for us to have a platform where other people can do um, different shows. Um, So you're going to start seeing a lot of things powered by um, Let's Chat, different different shows, uh, just down the line, just something different. In a, in a new direction that helps us to, you know, expand and grow. So, and I'd be appreciating T because I'd be taking her all over the place and she'd be like, okay, what what I got to do now? <laughs> what, Y'all, what's I new? just get in the back of the cab and go for a ride. Okay, let me off that first street. What I got to do over here? <laughs> yes, yeah, so Let's Chat Live is going uh, to move as well. Um, we were doing Friday, Thursdays and Fridays. So let's chat live is going to move and I'm going to bring hardcore grind live, um, to the platform as well. Um, so we got a lot of stuff going on for 2022 and 2023. God, see 2022 and 2023. You hear that? I know we are already three months into this new year. Time just flows by so fast. But if you think about it, Leash, we've been on the air for what, 10 years, and it seemed like we just started not too long ago, so time does get away from you, so appreciate your time, live your time, live it to the best of your ability, because it goes by quick. Absolutely. Oh, make sure y'all join us on Clubhouse. We do have a a Let's Chat Radio Clubhouse. Make sure you join us on that. We'll be doing different conversations on Clubhouse. Speaking of Clubhouse, listen. I was on Clubhouse the other day, right? 
and they were talking about um, if you were dating someone that had kids, or would you date someone that had kids, and what would your role be, right? And I'm like, I'm listening, like, you ain't got no role because y'all dating, right? So the guy got on, and a lot of different men got on, and they were talking about just their experiences. And I was like, dang, ladies, we got to tighten up. Some of these men are having some bad experiences when it when it comes to dating. But they brought up the, the old uh, thing of I'm a package deal. You know how a lot of women says, me and my kids, we a package deal. Mm-hmm. And I used to say that. Um, I used to say that. I used to be like, you know, I'm a package deal, but I don't think it was said meant in a way of um, like that. Mm-hmm. I think we lost Leash. Did we lose your Leash? No, I'm here. Jonathan was coming in. I was trying oh. to mute him. Um, I don't think we okay. met in a uh, sense like that. I think uh, everybody does mean it differently. But when I say would say that I'm a package deal, I didn't want anybody. I wanted everybody who came in my space to know that I got a son. You know what I'm saying? And you can't be. You know how sometimes people kind of be away towards the kids, and you can't be like that. Um, but now I'm like, listen, we are not a package deal because he don't have to like you. <laughs> he don't have to like you. It's okay. He don't. He don't. That's and I'm true. okay with that. But it was mm-hmm. it was a very interesting show. Uh, some of these guys are grown. Older men are, I mean, just some of the different situations. I think us as people, we got to think – we got to think a little bit differently. Uh-oh. Now, she, um, she got cut off again at a good point. Okay, you you leaving us hanging here, Lee. <laughs> I think that we have to start taking responsibility here, people. We got to start taking responsibility okay. of the choices that we are making when we are deciding to lay down and have kids, when we are deciding to date, when we are deciding to marry. Because first of all, dating does not always lead to marriage. You see what I'm saying? Dating is just what mm-hmm. it is. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't believe in the girlfriend thing. I think that's just an empty waste my time spot. Um, because we just friends. We friends unless you're my husband. You and I my husband, then we friends. Um, mm-hmm. there's different levels of friendship, but I think we have to start being more responsible uh of the people that we start bringing in our space just as adults. Mhm. Now that's interesting. Now I want to ask you cuz you know relationships is right up my alley. I'm I'm always interested in hearing everybody's take on it. But when you say we're not you know, girlfriend, that's a thing of the past. You were just friends. What about the stage that you need to cultivate a relationship before the marriage? You know, you have to be in some type of commitment, I believe, in order to know that this is how you want to proceed further down the line. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, I know what you mean. But if, if you think about back in the day, we had courting. You know what I'm saying? That was how you you cultivated. I think that people get in a relationship and they think, oh, we just together. No, we don't. 
that's not how it should work. Um, I think there are different levels to being in a relationship. Uh, the first level is making sure y'all have a good good chemistry and connection. But the thing with chemistry and connection is you can have chemistry with 50 different people. You know what I'm saying? And he can have chemistry with 50 different people. It's like it's the eighth date or the fifth date or the third date. He is not your man and he should not be your man. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not enough time. You haven't you haven't seen his scars be revealed. I think that once mm-hmm. you start seeing a person's soul, like their naked soul, that's important, especially if you want to marry them. You see what I'm saying? Understanding that person and being able to to uh, organically come together. You know, if y'all vibe and y'all got chemistry, everything that you need to build is gonna it's gonna always fall in line. But you know, a mm-hmm. lot of times we we say, you know, God put us together. No, God didn't put y'all together. Y'all put yourselves together mm-hmm. and you put God in it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but when you put God in it, you gotta keep him in it, meaning that you gotta do work to make sure um he stays in the center of whatever it is, whatever connection you have. Um, and I think we fail to do that as well. We think he's supposed to be just doing, no, no, no. He didn't tell you to go marry that person or have babies with that person or date that person. That was your own personal choice. You decide to take him along for the ride. When he realized the ride was a problem, he got on off that thing and said, well, you come get me when you realize that this not going to be a good ride for you. You know, he, he mm-hmm. that's our free will. You know, we have to um, be more responsible at some of the choices and decisions. You know, stop flying past that stop sign. If you see a stop sign, you know it's a stop sign. It's a red flag. It's there for a reason. Stop doing that rolling stop like, oh, well, you know, uh-uh. Because those are important <laughs> factors. Those are parts of that person that you have to say, if this is a if this is a forever thing with this person, can I deal with that? You know, vice versa. I think the first thing we should ask uh-huh. is, would you date yourself? You know what I'm saying? With all the things that you know about yourself, good and bad, would you date yourself? I would not date Leisha. I wouldn't <laughs> because I'm demanding, and um, I wouldn't. Mm-mm. But that just tells me that there are a lot of things about me that. I want to fix, you know, just kind of fix and love on me a little bit. Um, but mm-hmm. I couldn't date a mirror version of me. Mm-mm, that wouldn't mm-hmm. work. I have to have somebody mm-hmm. that is a total opposite in order to um, achieve relationship balance, not inner balance, because that doesn't come from another person, nor does happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think I hear what you're saying, and I think that relationships, and what a one expects or wants to achieve from a relationship is subjective. How one mm-hmm. may feel may not necessarily have to be how the other, and not ne- not everyone is not necessarily on the same playing field. But you talk about opposites. Opposites do attract. You know, sometimes those can be the most powerful things within a relationship that holds and binds you together is your oppos- opposites. You know, but that doesn't necessarily have to mean it's a bad thing. Each one is bringing something different into the relationship. And Mm -hmm. if you want, you know, sometimes that can create, you know, that spark or that that light, that energy that keeps it 
alive. It's the oppositeness. But if you want, I would date myself. You know, you, I heard you talking about dating yourself. I would date me. But it's also, you know, you, you can't expect Tom and Lucy to be on the same plane throughout their life. They could be at different ages, different stages in their lives. They have, have gone through different situations within their lives, separate, and they come together. I wouldn't necessarily throw out the bathwater because he's different from me. You know, I'm just, I, I, you know me, I'm very open-minded. I try to see things from all aspects. That's just that legal bug in me. You know, there's a there's a different side to everything, and I always keep that in mind when I deal with people. You know, you see me interact with people. I accept them as they are when they're presenting themselves to me. You know, Absolutely. it's not up to me to, to change them into who I want to be. Who am I to want to change someone? I accept people for who they are, and, um, I, I just wish more people would do the same. I think this world would be a better place. But, you know, this could be a whole show Lisa and I could talk about, so we don't mean to bore you. <laughs> listen, listen, because you got to see you, right? You have to meet people where they are, and you have right. to accept them for the where, for who they are. That don't mean you got to date them, though. I can meet you where you are. Where you are, but that does not mean I'm going to date you because where you are may not be conducive to where I am. It may not be conducive to a healthy relationship. It may not be conducive to growth for either of us. So I I can meet you where you are, but that don't mean I got to date you, but I do give you grace and mercy to be in that place you are and allow you to grow. We just can't grow together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, and that, and that's a choice. That's that's your choice. Someone may choose to say, "Let's do it." You know, it's everyone's choice, and every relationship and every situation is subjective. That's just what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, y'all know that we could talk that talk on here, and we got <laughs> listen, we got Arthur K. Rache back in the building, honey. She got all things worked <laughs> out well. Uh, listen. We about to see what she her take on this real quick. How you doing? Welcome back. Hey, ladies. Thank you for having me. I missed y'all. Hey, Kay, we are so happy to have you in here this evening. You. Now you got to let us know what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen, honey. (laughs) Well, um, what I'm working on currently is... um, my new novel is called Committed. Um, hopefully it's going to drop this summer. Committed is going to be a psychological thriller. And I've, I've, never, written, mm. I've never written this type of book before, but, you know, I have had my share of these Lifetime movies where they had, and, and the basic movies where they have the stalker, and I'm like, no, no, that's not the way you write a stalker. So I'm going to show y'all what a real stalker <laughs> is. <laughs> I know that's right. You gotta show them. Actually, exactly. <laughs> and and I want you to take that butt out of your sentence because as an author, you never want to place yourself in any type of box. And so, any genre, whether you've written it, whether you whether you have achieved writing in it or not, is your genre. You know what I'm saying? That that's right, your thing. Right. And you gonna you gonna make it do what it do because that's what your pen do. Your pen is universal. Exactly. exactly. That's one of the great things about being self-published. You don't have to be in anybody's box. 
you can really just do your own thing and whatever it is that you, whatever venture you want to do you can do it and there's no there's no you know lead on on you to kind of keep you in a certain position so i love that Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, we always talk about a goal moment here on Let's Chat, and that's where thought and execution come together. You know, a lot of times we're really mindful about how we pour into other people and how they pour into themselves. But kind of when we deal with ourselves, we deal with ourselves with a little lack um, and fear um, of being able to take those bold steps in the dark. What was your goal moment? And, and I know you had so many, so I want to go back. Uh, to your goal moment when you decided to say I'm about to step out uh, and I'm going to be an independent author Uh, what was that moment like for you Um, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I I, kind of speak about this a lot in my first couple of novels and it's just about you, you get to a point where you realize what your actual gift is and um if I look back over my life, like I've always been in the, in the arts, I've always, um, you know, I've written short stories. I wrote my first short story when I was eight years old. I was a kid that was in the plays at school and the creative classes, and it never just dawned on me that um, that was my, my niche. But in um, 2016, um, well, I go back a little bit um, earlier than that. I started my book club in 2011, so I was getting in back into the literary world as far as networking with uh, self-published authors, indie authors. And I don't know, in 2016, I just felt like, you know, I have this book in mind and I think I want to do it, you know. And so just just stepping out and saying, you know, making that first move, hey, I I, I think I want to do this. And then just, just following my heart and just staying true and that's pretty much that's pretty much what I, what happened. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, who was your biggest supporter uh, during that time? Because you know there there's a heavy cost to being a self published author. Um, it's it's a heavy cost when it comes to being an entrepreneur, um, and you tend to lose a lot of things around you uh, because you do have to focus on that um, vision or that passion that you have. So throughout your journey, who is your biggest supporter, and why is uh, supporters um, having positive supporters around you important for you? I would definitely um, have to say that my biggest supporter was my husband because, you know, working full time and then having to take time away from from you know him and my two sons in order to write and focus, you know, let alone like you said the financial aspect. Um, also, you know, just the support of, you know, you can do it. Um, there's a lot of times when you want to give up because it's just like you're climbing a mountain that seems impossible. But um, definitely my husband, my two sons, my mom is a really great supporter, my sister. Um, and when I go to a book event, one of those people are with me. is either my husband, my two sons, my mom, my sister, you know, so – they are basically on the payroll without getting paid. <laughs> but I tell them, you know, like, if I ever blow up, you know, I got you. <laughs> but, yeah, yes. Yes. you know, on the road. And, um, you know, 
having to give them, you know, the calendar, hey, I got this event going on and, you know, okay, I'll take off, you know, who's going to go with me type of thing. So, yeah, definitely um, your close inner circle and also my, my best friends um, have been really great supporters, always purchasing my books, you know, posting them, sharing them, complimenting, giving book reviews. You really need, you know, that tight circle to continue to encourage you in order for you to continue to move forward and stay positive. You're absolutely positive. When I met you, you had your son and your husband. Let me tell y'all, how about tag team? <laughs> that baby was selling them books to his mama, and you get to the table, and her husband closing the deal. How many would you like? I'm like, listen, listen, stay on it. They are on it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know, I have to, you know, I tell him, I'm, you know, I say, look, you're handsome, go over there and, and smile and, and show them women your dimples and bring them to this table. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's interesting. Now, said, this is Tony. I want to just uh, take it back off Nisha's uh, go moment for a minute. Uh, when did you realize that the power of your pen can take you as far as you've come today. Was there like a turning point where you realized what you wrote actually was read and wanted to be read and anticipated to be read? When What point was that for you? Now, this is a funny story. <laughs> so my first <laughs> novel, of course, it was very spicy, and I didn't intend for it to be, but it definitely was more of the uh, on the erotic side. And mm-hmm. I was really, really quiet about it as far as church. And I was really active in church that I didn't tell them that I wrote a book. And so I was leaving <laughs> church one day and one of the ladies from, you know, in church, she pulled me to the side. She was like, when is the next book coming out? I was like, next book? I was like, you read my book? <laughs> and she was like, she was like, girl, yeah, I love to read. Yeah, I, 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 somebody told me about your book, and I sure bought it, and I read it. It's good. Well, I want to read the next one. And that it was just something just, you know how you always kind of, you might prejudge people, and you feel like mm-hmm. you're, you know, only, only selling to this certain type of crowd. And when, when she told right. me that it, like, opened up the doors, I literally was selling books, like, at the trunk of my car at church, y'all. <laughs> company or, you know, somebody that's saying, no, you can't push that envelope. You might need to kind of, you know, pull back a little bit off of that. I I like the fact that you can just, whatever it is that you want to say, the type of characters that you want to write, you do have a platform. You know, even if you have, like, followers, whatever, you still have a platform. I think you still have responsibility to, to 
speak on the issues, you know, whether it's in your books, whether it's on your platform. I just think it just gives you that extra sense of um, responsibility and, you know, it, it makes you feel like, okay, you know, you're going to respect the pen, you're going to respect the craft, and, you know, whatever it is that I want to say, I can say it and I don't have to worry about the backlash, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because, you know, I've I've often wanted to ask authors, you know, has your personality changed with respect to how you see yourself in this world from your ability to write? I mean, writing just gives you such a freedom, you know, it just lets you create characters, situations, things like that. Have you changed your personality? Do you feel freer as a person with the ability to just freely write? I, I definitely do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned before, um, maybe maybe to my best friend, that it's very freeing when you have found your, you've discovered what your gift is. When you've discovered mm-hmm. that this is something that you can naturally do, and you know, I've right. had creative writing classes, but I've I've just I've not been formally taught like this is how you write a book. I just wrote it, and um, mm-hmm. to write something and somebody say I like it or that's you know that's good, and and also want to read something else, it's just it mm-hmm. does definitely give you a a boost in um just how you view yourself and. And how you feel like you can contribute to the world, like you, you really feel like I, you can, you left a mark on the world. Even when I'm gone, the book will be there. You know, my son, mm-hmm. they have, they have stepped in, and now they're author. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that gift to them is they can at any time they can when they're older they can still go to a book event and, and sell books. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a different. Mm-hmm. It's just a different way of feeling like you can create your own avenue. You don't have to just do it this way. There are several different ways, and you just start to get into that literary community and, and, and just kind of find your niche there. Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying kind of reiterates what – I'm sorry, Leash. What you're oh, yeah. saying kind of reiterates what um, T. Sile says to us. You know, she says, you're not writing that book for you. You're writing that book for others to read. You know, you are you are creating something that others sometimes not even necessarily know they want or need. So an author is not necessarily just writing for them. They may feel it at that moment. But in all reality, reader readers are looking for books to read. So you're, in, in essence, writing for us, if that makes sense. Right, absolutely, because... My goal as an author is to take the reader on an emotional roller coaster. I want them to be able to feel the emotions that I'm feeling as I write. And I had this uh-huh. discussion with um, one of my favorite authors, uh, Dr. Daniel Black, and um, we were discussing his novel Perfect Peace. And there's a scene in that novel that's very, very powerful, and uh, with one with the main character. And I asked him, how did he feel? after he wrote it and did he feel the same way I felt after I wrote a scene and all things work out well. And it's basically the same. You you really do feel so um, connected emotionally while you're writing that if the reader doesn't feel it, you're not doing something right. So, you know, he mm-hmm. said that he was very emotional. And I told him, you know, when I read that scene, I had to close the book because it was so powerful. 
but I wanted to just make sure that that connection was there as, as an author, like, you know, when we're writing this, are we writing to make the reader feel it? Because if we're not, it's kind of like a waste of time if they're not really, you know, vested in the book enough to feel the emotions that we're putting in. Absolutely. And that also plays into the same thing of, like, when you write a certain book, how do you feel? I know it's draining. You know, I've been around enough to know that sometimes writing a book just takes everything out of you that once it's done, it's like you, you're you in a whole different mental space. Have you ever had any books that just take you out once it's completed that you just got to step back from the pen and paper? Absolutely. Um, when I finished my mm-hmm. appearances series, those characters mm-hmm. were with me for a long time because it was a three-part three, three you know part book. And mm-hmm. once <laughs> once I was done... I it, it it was very draining because you're looking at you're looking at this computer like okay what else do I write what you know you're kind of like it's a it's a void there and then when people will ask like well is there gonna be another book you're kind of like you you feel like I've given you all I can give you <laughs> I don't know what else to do with these characters like I guess I could do this. But I'm so mm-hmm. like like I'm, I'm I need to get these people out of my head, y'all. I need to refresh right. my brain and bring in some new, fresh characters because they will stay with you. And you start thinking about oh, yeah. the world that you created, and it's really it's it's weird. But yeah, you you do you do feel um, you definitely feel you have a lot of emotions. You you have a sense of accomplishment, a huge sense of accomplishment, but also there's a huge mm-hmm. sense of loss because you've dedicated so much time, and it's just you and those mm-hmm. characters. You and it's just everything in your head, and then you're nervous as well because you don't know how the world will react. Like how will readers mm-hmm. actually respond? You don't want you're gonna get some bad reviews, but will they all be bad reviews? So <laughs> it's a lot. Right. Exactly. You're so right. And this is still Tony. I'm sorry to say. But, you know, on the flip side, I hear how you feel as an author. But on the flip side, we as readers, because Leisha and I are readers first and foremost, you know, we call it bookitis. Sometimes we can delve in and read such a good book that we can't pick up another book long periods of time because we are still in that book. You as an author are still in that book and you need to step away. Us as readers, we feel it the same way. It's just the opposite. You know, this book was so good. I know I can't read another book that's going to compare to it. And we get in that bookitis syndrome, you know, where I just mm-hmm. want to let this marinate. You know, I, we just, I just oh, want to yeah. let it marinate because I was so into it. It just took me there. And, and those are books that live with readers a lifetime sometimes. I mean, I still read, remember books I read 20, 30, 40 years ago. That's how resounding the, the the story was. You know, you you remember. Mm-hmm. You may not remember word for word, but the essence of a book. When you can keep on an essence of a book for decades, that's a beautiful thing. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm a, I, I definitely can relate because I'm an avid reader as well. Um, mm-hmm. And and my mom is an avid reader, and I remember growing up just seeing her read, uh, finish finish those little romance novels. Well, they weren't, you know, the sad mm-hmm. romance novels with the with the lady, and the, romance. With the guy, and the horse, and all that. <laughs> um, 
she would read those in like a few days. And so um, mm-hmm. I've always had that love of reading. And I and the last book that I just actually finished was um, Black Girls Must Die Exhausted by Jane Allen. Um, my book club mm-hmm. is reading that one. And when I finished mm-hmm. it, I was like, wow. That you know, just this, just the way that the 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 way that she wrote that book, it was so relatable, so so relatable mm-hmm. to everything that we're dealing with now. And so, I think personally, like when you read a book, it it really also depends on the the, the time setting. If it's if it's something that happened that that is is pulling in stuff that you're living now, I think that really really sticks with you a little bit. Um, more mm-hmm. because it's so relatable. It's like, okay, you know, I, I, heard, I know about that case. I know about, you know, you can identify um, as opposed to like reading something that is fiction, but you, everything is like made up and it's not kind of tying into, you know, what, what you're actually living. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Carrie Shay, I can't even imagine the number of young readers that started out like my auntie and my my mom used to read those same books, Harlock and Romances, and we used to wait for them to come in the mail, however amount of time they it took for them to get there, and you can devour those books in like no time at all. You know, I remember just like just like you said, the man and the lady on the cover. Those are like things that stay with a reader mm-hmm. for decades. Yep. I can't even imagine how many readers first started off that way, and then you get into the other genres you know, like Donald Goins and things like that. But it's a beautiful oh, thing yeah. with a young mind that just loved the joy of reading. Yeah, and, I, and I'm and i glad you mentioned that author. I, that's one of my favorite authors as well. Um, one of my favorite mm-hmm. books by him is Black Girl Lost. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah he, he's one of those authors that I, I wish was way more recognized than than what he is. Right. He is his, mm-hmm. his work is really, really profound, yes. Like a before his time, you know? <laughs> right. Before right. Definitely. Absolutely. You're listening to Let's Chat. My name is Miss Tony and I got my partner over there, Miss Leisha, and we have the wonderful guest this evening, Arthur Kayla Shea joining us, uh, letting us know about her literary journey. Um Kayla Shea, what's next for you? What's what's on your radar for next? Wow, this year is really really interesting. Um, my book club we're we're hosting our second annual book event called Behind the Ink. It's a way for us to mm-hmm. you know give back to self-published authors as well. Um, give back give back to the literary community. That is happening in Birmingham on April the thirtieth at the Harvard Center, um, and we're featuring mm-hmm. Zane. This will be my first time actually meeting Zane, and you know I've read all uh-huh. of her novels, so I'll probably be in more awe than <laughs> just you know being a book club <laughs> president. Um, but also mm-hmm. something great that's happening this year is um, I'll be a featured author at the National Book Club Conference in Atlanta. Um, I've been I've been there three three times. I've attended, and this will be my first time actually being a featured author. So. I'm a bit nervous, but I am definitely excited and very, very um, humbled and appreciative of that opportunity. And um, yeah, my 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 novel hopefully will be out uh, this summer as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Zane. I remember when Lisa and I met Zane. Uh, oh God, many many moons ago, Lisa. But like you, we read her books, so it's like you talk about being in awe. Sometimes it's 
you meet an author and you expect one thing and they're like something different, but in a good in a good way, you know. So enjoy mm-hmm. this experience. Um, I know I know it's exciting to to just with the anticipation of it. Yes, and I also um, we also are featuring um, my good friend Mr. Curtis Bond. Um, really, really mm-hmm. excited for him to come and bring bring his book uh, that is called I think Say Their Names. I want to say is his latest mm-hmm. book. Uh, it's, I think it's like an anthology with several other authors. Mm-hmm. So yeah. really, mm-hmm. really, just really excited about um, you know bringing the community together. We have we have so many talented authors in Birmingham, in Alabama, but you know not really any large book events for us. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so, you know, we want to highlight. Mm-hmm. Hey, we read and we write. You know, and we are we are here, and um, so mm-hmm. yeah, very very excited about that. I know you well, are. Well, it's a little little known secret. Sorry, Lise. That I'm from Alabama, from Gaston, Alabama. I'm an army brat, oh, so wow. I've been around the different. But I am actually from Alabama, so you know, I'm so proud of you guys coming out of that the, that state. <laughs> Thank you. And you know, I um there is another book event that that they have. It's a pretty big book event and it's in Montgomery and you know, myself, you know, we travel all the time to different book events and it just didn't I didn't get the vibe, you know. <laughs> I just didn't get the vibe that I feel when you know what I'm saying? I and I just didn't mm-hmm. feel like it was for me. It was catered for mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I've done book signings and like Barnes and Noble and different bookstores, and it definitely is a different feel when people walk past you as though your books don't matter. Um, mm-hmm. I got That's I got right. that kind mm-hmm. of vibe, you know, and so it's like I want to be around people that appreciate and want to actually give give me a chance as an author and give mm-hmm. other right. authors a chance because just because it's not New York Times bestselling. Doesn't mean that you'll get you won't get a great piece of literature, you know. And right. so mm-hmm. they want to give them the opportunity to to gain more more readers and hopefully the opportunity to um, network as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mm-hmm. what a book event is about, though. Um, you know, I do visions of books. This will be my third year, and that's going to be on April the second. Uh, and and really, it's really. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. having a good time in literature. I think a lot of times because being here on uh, the radio, we're able to have that intimate moment with authors that average readers cannot. And so when you create a book event, mm-hmm. those events are to allow readers that time to be able to connect with that author and appreciate what they're bringing with their pen more and more because you're able to experience them. But sometimes at a book event, it's kind of like a one-night stand. Like, hey, how you doing? So I'm not here, uh, here you go, here you go, your money, here you go, your book. All right, get on with your life. And it's like, wait a minute. So you can get that. It, it wasn't. It's not given what it should be given when you think of going to a book event. You think of the excitement of meeting that author and shaking their hand and having conversation and taking pictures. Those are a whole moment. Book events are like mm-hmm. reader family reunions. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when when I when I before I went to my very first book event, you know, I was glad that I knew other authors more seasoned, 
you know, more seasoned authors that, that have gone because now I'm a salesperson, you know, I, that's that's what I used to do. I'm a, I'm a banker, so I can sell all day long. So it was just learning how to apply that to my own product, you know, my own book mm-hmm. to be able to, to actually, you know, talk and sell myself and, you know, talk about my book and without, you know, handing it to them and making them read the back of it and introducing myself. Like there, there is like a lot of author etiquette that we have to learn prior to the book events too, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of stuff I didn't know, um, you know, stand up, you know, and, you know, talk with the reader, embrace the reader, listen to them mm-hmm. and ask their like just listening to the reader um, at an event that I did in Atlanta, I started doing my books on Audible because that wasn't a thing for me. But this lady said, no, I, I love to read, but I don't have time. I always commute. I like Audible. And I was like, Audible? I never thought of that. And guess what I did? I went and found a narrator and I put myself on Audible because you don't want to limit yourself. You want to be able to whatever the reader, however the reader gets gets your work, you want to have it available. Absolutely. And and that's very true, especially with, I call it the blueprint. You know, there's a blueprint everywhere you go. And when you're a newer author, the blueprint is what you see in other authors. And it's not that you have to apply how they move in to your movement, but you take what you need and you leave the rest. When you see them at events, you watch them. You watch how they greet the readers, how do they interact with the readers. Um, You watch their social media. You know, a lot of authors be like, girl, I can't do social media, but you have to watch the blueprint. Watch those that are doing well on social media and see what you can apply to your brand to make your social media experience uh, better because as an author, you do need social media. Um, but it's more than just buy my book. You got to actually be social. So it's right. important that yeah. if that is a fear for you or hard for you, watch people that are actually interacting and how they're being social and see what you can apply. See what you can do to up your own game when it comes to selling your books and interacting with people and building that that fan base for yourself. Absolutely. And, and I tell people, all the time like everything that you do once you once you finish your book and you and you put it out there you know that's that's your resume for anything that could possibly happen to your in your life you don't know that maybe a literary agent might might grab your book you know maybe somebody want to turn it into a movie and this is all of the stuff this your experiences have built you up to this spot so now you know how to speak to people you know you know how to you know embrace the readers and, and, and do interviews and things like it's a part of your resume. It, it's, it's just preparing you for whatever is, is going to come to you. And so it's important to always the advice of everybody that's willing to give it to you, you know, take what you can get from it, apply it. Um, and don't think that you know everything because you can always learn even from someone that may have sold five books that, you know, you probably can learn something from them as well. So it's just all about mm-hmm. being open open book yourself, open-minded, <laughs> and, and being able to be that sponge and absorb as much as you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you want a book event, mm-hmm. don't ask, how many books should I bring? 
You bring as many books as you can sell. And you're not just selling books just at that event, especially if you're going out of state. You selling books at the gas station, at the airport, oh. at the Walmart, <laughs> at the hotel. Like, listen, you are a walking billboard for your business. And books are a business. And I think that a lot of authors need to understand that. You have to move in such a way where you're not, uh, set on, I'm just going to sell these books at this event. That event, like you said, you might just sell five books, but what else did you do? Did you network? Did you did you gain readers? Like, what did what was your experience there? What did it give you while you were there in that moment besides money? Because if you were in books for money, you were in the wrong business. Oh, absolutely, because this, you can't get rich off of this now. I'm not going to even laugh. <laughs> You're not going to get rich. Now, you can pretty well but unless you really really can score like a major book deal you know it's it's all about it's all about doing something that you love and as long as you're doing what you love you can't look at the dollar amount um to me this is just it's just something that I just love to do and it's just just so fulfilling to be able to you know to have someone reach out and say you know what I liked your book or you know, how can even even if you're, you're helping someone get started, um, if they're asking you like how how did how did they how did you get started writing your book? Well, I want to write a book. Even if you could just spark that conversation, um, because we're we're really really needed in the literary industry. You know, we're we're often overlooked a lot of times. If you go into a bookstore, you'll you'll see that. You know, we we have our section, but why do we have to have a section? You know, so it's 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 a lot to it. So anytime you can bring somebody along or help somebody to to you know get into it, I, I definitely I, I that's what that's what it's all about for me. And sometimes there are people that don't even want to extend that you know extend that hand or reach back to help someone. You know, some people get so into themselves and well, no one helped me, so why should I help the next person? But I think you get more out of it when you do help someone. You know, there's, there's more satisfaction in what you're doing or trying to do. Absolutely. Right. And, and we're here to be of service. Right. Go ahead. Right. Right. It's that whole thing. It's like you can't expect God to bless you if you're not giving those blessings back. You know, he's going to bless mm-hmm. you, but he's also opportunity to you where, now that person is going to, he already has it set up for them to receive that blessing, but it's also your test if you're going to be a part of it or not. And so you can't expect mm-hmm. for good to happen and come your way and opportunities if when you have the option to help someone and you don't do it. You know, you got to understand that that's a part of your journey too. You got to give back. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, you know, here on Let's Chat, we like to do something fun, child. I don't come up Uh-oh. with I might just say, go on and touch them now, child, because I don't know what you got planned. <laughs> it's 2022. You know, everybody got the new new me thing going on. So, you know, let's see what Tony got going on with the, with the, with the, <laughs> with the fun questions in 2022 for y'all. Uh-oh. Okay. okay. So, uh, you know you good over here, Miss. But um, once again, Leisha and I so appreciate you spending some of your precious time with us this evening and our listening audience. You know, I know they got as much out of it as Leisha and I did. But for your fun question tonight, it's going to be quite simple. It's not going to be too hard. 
If you were able to go in and out of time, would you go back in time to speak to your younger self, or would you like to go in the future to see who and what you turned out to be? Hmm. Um, I would have to speak to my younger self um, mm-hmm. because if if my younger self knew everything, knew as much of as much as I've learned now, then yeah, definitely I would know that my future self would be way more successful or at least more in line. Um, you know, they never they say you're never too old to start again, but I think a lot of mm-hmm. stuff that I've learned, I would have definitely started writing novels earlier, way way mm-hmm. earlier, and got the literary industry way earlier. So I definitely mm-hmm. definitely. Go back to my younger self. All right. Okay. So we got one going back in the in the past, Lee. Interesting. I like your take on on why you would choose that route. Absolutely. And I love it too because you know they they always say um, we got to forgive ourselves for what we did when we were younger. And it's like I think as we are younger, I always tell my son try not to to make moves and make mistakes that you're going to be trying to always hold yourself accountable for when you are older. You know, be be mindful about things you do and the moves you make and, and the people you bring in your space as well. That's right. <laughs> so true. Well, we so appreciate so, you so coming true. with us in the chat room on today. You are always welcome here. This is your home. We want you to shout out all your social media, shout out your book event, um, where everyone can purchase tickets, and make sure you tag us in the flyer so we can get that shared out for you as well. Right. Thank you. Um, thank you, ladies, so much for having me. I always enjoy speaking with you all and hope I can see you all sometime at one of these events that's going on this year. Um Behind the Ink is our is Me Time Book Club's second annual book event that's taking place on April the 30th. That's a free event. It's at the Harvard Center in Birmingham, Alabama from 11 to 4. Um, also, you can catch me at the National Book Club Conference. I'll be a featured author, and this is the first weekend in August. Really, really excited about that. My uh, Instagram is um, krushe, and so is my Facebook. I don't have Twitter, and... Um, you can hit me up on my website, which is krishaweebly.com, and also my book club, uh, social media is uh, at me time book. And so, yeah, thank you all so much for having me. Um, I'll definitely tag you all. Please tag me in your upcoming book event. I'll plan to, to attend that soon as well. And I just appreciate the opportunity to speak to you all, and thank you all so much for everything that you all have have contributed and are continually to, uh, continuing to do in the literary community and beyond. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, you are so welcome. Well, and we love it. This is what we love. You know, this is what we love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we love books. We love um, experience and people. And we love to be of service, and um, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, Let's Chat has been around for 10, you know, plus years, and I, we appreciate you sharing your space, your time, your energy, and your craft with us, um, and mm-hmm. again, you're always welcome anytime, make sure you shout out that book, and where everybody, when is, when can we expect it, are you going to drop some snippets, I mean, listen, you can't drop a title like that and not give us something, <laughs> 
my latest novel, um, All Things Work Out Well. Um, that book is is a it's a feel good novel. It it goes through a lot of different um, topics. It deals with domestic violence. It deals with uh, friendship. It deals with um, you know just being able to to continue to dream. Um, it's one of my favorite books so far that I've written. Um, that that is available on all platforms: um, Audible, Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are sold. Um, also available at Walmart as well, walmart.com. And um, so my and my latest novel, um, Committed, uh, just get ready for that one. It's going to take you on a thrill ride for sure. I'm, I'm going to have readers pick up their books and throw it across the room for sure. Um, so definitely <laughs> um, be on the lookout for that. Um, I'll start kind of dropping some snippets from that novel um, closer to this summer. Awesome. Awesome. Once again, be sure to tag Lisa and I so you can pass those snippets along. You know, we love a snippet. We love a good snack. <laughs> I definitely will. Thank you all so much. Absolutely. Okay, you can enjoy the rest, enjoy of, the rest of, your night. of your evening. You too. Good night, ladies. Good night. She was awesome, Leash. Yeah, listen, her energy is so awesome. I met her at the kickback. Uh, oh, I'm gonna say a couple of years ago. She mm-hmm. is so awesome. Just, just her energy is off the chain. Um, very calm in spirit. Like y'all, make sure y'all check out that book because you know we like we book bougie over here. Uh, and speaking of book bougie, <laughs> y'all, you know keep 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 your eye out. We got some book bougie stuff coming out. Um, for uh, from uh, me and Miss Tony so. We got a lot of stuff planned, but now y'all know it's, it lists, and we're about to talk that talk about that STEM sports. We're going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with Let's Chat Sports segment. 1017, Mark, tag em. Mud money, Mark, start tagging these niggas, man. Whole lot of my shit. Motherfucking president, nigga. Y'all better listen to me. Let's get it. Green man, 30 on me. Bad, dirty on me, yo ho, working on me, my niggas working homie, hit his ass, laser tag, fit it round, fit it round, drum, hundred round, hundred round, drum, mop him up when the time's come, mask on, mask off, big dog, big boss, you broke your law, like a tagger nigga, yeah ho, green man doing numbers, I got hitters, I got runners, we gon' tag him like them commas, Face shaking, I don't fuck with you. 30 
shoot the fade with you. Fujiana got smoke, I'ma make a call, send a couple grave diggers. He got WAP on the line telling me to chill, but they shouldn't have played with us. Oh, God. Hey, 30 days straight, I've been trapping. I've been All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yes, we are back. We are back. We are back with the whole gang. Gang's all here. Talking about Let's chat sports in the building. Hey, Jess. Hey, what's happening? What's the word? Yo, I like that cut. My man blazing that shit, dude. I like that. I like that, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Jazz got a phone. Hey, Jazz, hey, Jazz. Huh? Yeah, you know, more point. More point today. That works, <laughs> it's been a minute since Let's Cast Sports has been on the air. We are back this evening, better than ever. And boy, do we have a lot yeah. to cover. Yo, we got a lot to talk about. Man, we got Absolutely. a lot to talk about. I mean, look. You know, look. Jazz, let's start. Let's start with the breaking news today. Just a couple of hours ago, yeah. we have to start yeah. off the show with that. <laughs> okay, so so Yo, that has. I mean, we normally start off with, with Fox. No, 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 When this happens, when when stuff like this happens, we 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 got to yeah. go straight into it. For right people who it. do, for people who are not aware, for Seattle Seahawks fans, Russell Wilson was traded. About three hours ago, he got traded to the Denver Broncos for I want you to count. I want you to count it up, people. Quarterback <laughs> Drew Locke, tight end Noah Noah Fant, defensive uh-huh. lineman Shelby Harris, two uh-huh. first round draft picks, two second round draft picks, and a number f- and a fifth round draft pick just to throw it in. Count that up, people. That is what seven wow. players. Yep. I mean, we we are we are treading on Herschel Walker, Minnesota Vikings from Dallas Cowboys. We, we, we're treading into that territory. But let me ask you, Miss Tony, <laughs> what, what did what did you what did you feel when you first saw the trade come across? I couldn't believe it happened, it, and it was right after. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he, that, he has that, really that's the second worked part. my nerves. That, Why? It was right after that announcement. I, I, that's a whole nother show. You know how I feel about we'll, Aaron we'll, Rodgers. We'll, but, but, you let, know, let's, it's just, let, 
let's 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 stay on Russell today, right now. Russell's the big man on campus right. right now. Right. It's been noted that this blockbuster trade is comparable to the Herschel Walker. It, that's all they've been talking about today. Yes, it's it's. I mean, I would. I mean, do you think that? Who do you think right now? Now we know, depending on the draft picks, depending on the rounds, depending on the years, we don't know mm-hmm. what these picks turn into. But right now, if right. we take away the draft picks, we take away the draft picks, and let's. And I said to you, Russell Wilson was traded for Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. Would you say at that point that? Denver got the best of the trade or the worst of the trade? I still think Denver got the best of the trade, but there's a caveat to that. He's going into the AFC West. Look at the quarterbacks in that in that AFC West. He's going up against Patrick Mahomes, Justin <sighs> Herbert, just to name a few. He's and David going Carr. Up Don't forget about, Don't forget about Carr. Derek Carr, Drew, Drew Locke. He's going up against some of the best in the business. What? Wait, whoa, whoa. Y'all talking that, about that Russell Wilson is top level. We talking about Russell Wilson. That's what I'm saying. Uh, going, that's a look. loaded conference. With, when he, with this addition to it, it's loaded. But wait a minute. Remember, Denver is about to be in the middle of a rebuild. And Russell's 30. There is no way you want to give up seven. You just for the three. If you no no offense might be the best part of the trade because he will oh, probably yeah. be in the Pro Bowl in two years at tight end. Oh yeah, Drew uh-huh. Lock could start for for Seattle, and they need D line help. And not only did they get under the cap, but they got money to now. Sign a couple cats in free agency where they didn't before the trade. They, they got the best, I think. And they Russell got the Wilson, best and it. again, can I say it again? Russell Wilson is thirty. And okay, he's now you said that like he's he thirty three, but you said that like that man can't yeah. make it do what to do on 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 that field now. Not and with, he has already said he's only going to pay ten more years. Not he's with that he's team. gonna retire at forty five. Not not with that team. Not with that team. That's a rebuild. You can't you don't wanna you don't wanna spend that much capital for a player that theoretically by the time your team gets good, he might not even be playing no more. So is it a is it a is it a team as far as the quarterback still, but I think the Broncos got the better of the trade because they're rebuilding. They need a leader. They need somebody that can condition and coach on multiple levels and play the game. That's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson can be a coach. He can help them build. He can look at specs and look at people and say he's going to be a good fit. He can do this. He can work too. He can help them build. I think that's the benefit of having Russell Wilson and all of his knowledge in football and players. I think that that is the Broncos' benefit to get them on track in this rebuild. So let me ask you one last question. So in the middle of a rebuild, isn't one of the key parts of rebuilding either having draft picks 
or getting people to come to sign as free agents to sign with your franchise? How many people going to want to sign with Russell Wilson? You Now you got players that want to go to Denver. They want to play with you. You really do not. You really do. I, I beg the difference. You really do not. I don't believe. I don't <laughs> they believe. They want that ring. I don't they want that. that ring. I don't believe that. And they want that. They mm-hmm. still. If I was a player, I'm going to play with Russell Wilson. I'm going. I'm going to put my money on Russell Wilson, and I know that this going to be a, a popping ass team. I'm about to, listen. They coming. Denver has to okay. on the market. <laughs> they have. They. They a penthouse now, honey. They the. David I, Jefferson, I, penthouse in the sky. I, okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to submit. I'm, I'm going to submit. But we'll see. But I'm going to tell you now. They're a train wreck waiting to happen, and they will probably be in last place for the next two years in that division. Wow, you got them at last place for the next two years? Yeah, they're, gonna be, they're, they're last place team. They're last place team. Yeah. Wow. Place team. You don't know what they got. Give them, you got to give them something. You were just like, y'all last place. Y'all ain't even going to win. Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. I'm saying they're going to be a little force to be reckoned with. They might they be small, be. but they're going to make some big noise. I think they're, 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 gonna make they're not going to be Kansas City. They're not going to be San Diego. I mean, L.A. And they're not going to be the Raiders. That's not going to happen. Everybody Russell can be Wilson, so you're when, saying. That's Jazz's team. So you're saying, I'm just saying Jazz, no, it ain't about Jazz. my team. It ain't about my team. No, I'm a Raiders fan, but it ain't no, about my I team. No, I know. But think I about know, it. But what I'm who, saying who is he going to throw you, to? Who, who is he going to throw to? True. You have to have someone to throw to. But you, from what I'm hearing with, from you is that um, Seattle got the better part of this deal. Oh, they came out Seattle, on top. Seattle, Seattle bamboozled them. Seattle hoodwinked and bamboos with them cats, man. And here's, here's, here's the worst part about it. Remember, if you want to keep Russell, you got to pay him. Because he's up in two years. Do you pay him? Right. Because we, we, just, we just saw Aaron Rodgers get $50 million a year with 153 guaranteed. What is Russell worth? Yeah. 40? 45? Russell looking for ownership. He already own a what a, a girls a women's basketball team. What's he on the basketball but that, that's, team? But that's not what this is. We're, we're talking on the field. We're not talking off the. Now, if he want to retire in two years, then Denver definitely got the worst part of the deal. Mm-hmm. Well, he he already that means, kept himself at ten years though, so he's setting it up. He's setting up his his end game. So again, if he, if he so if he's setting it up. Then in two years, he could say, you know what, Denver, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to go on the team. And Denver is still paying in draft picks for him. Mm-hmm. And he gone. Uh-huh. And you still expect for them to be compete? No. They're going to be dog shit for two years. They're going to be dog <laughs> shit. Now, now, when you see them shining, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you remember that on today, you on know what? April of March. I'm gonna be like, Jazz, remember it, on April of March when you said, remember that? And you are gonna be like, I if, said that, but they, you know, I gotta give it to them. You gonna eat them words, watch. If they, <laughs> if they are not in last place by the end of the season, in the next two years, I will eat them words most definitely. Definitely. 
But the odds wow. of that happening are probably real slim. You know what? I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. I think that Saquon Barkley running for 1,300 yards is more apt to happen than than Denver not being the last place. Whoa. And we know Saquon Barkley is not running for 1,300 yards. You know I, I what I'm saying? He is not running that. <laughs> you is. I was about to say, that is not happening. <laughs> My point is that. Teddy, Teddy. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> and by the way, yes. and by the way, since we're talking about football before we switch to basketball, um, I got Saquon Barkley. Let me ask you guys a question. Saquon Barkley got his rookie fifth year extension, so he will be a Giant for next year. Should the Giants have signed him for the fifth year, or let him? Go as a free agent. Okay, I can answer that since I I'm here okay. in New York. There you go. That you go. that has been the <laughs> that has been the subject of discussion for for weeks now. You know, first of all, Saquon has not played a full year since his rookie year since he's been mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. He's always hurt. You know, you and I we had this mm-hmm. discussion on hurt football players, and especially close to their re-signing time. Now yeah. me, I'm not. I'm not. I, I didn't. I didn't mind him being traded because I thought it would happen. Because you want to get the most value out of him. First of all, he should have been picked as the second second overall pick of the draft. That uh, a running back. Who who does that? To begin with. But I, huh? The Giants, obviously. But I would <laughs> I would not have been mad if he was traded and try to get something back to help Daniel Jones, especially with the new regime in the management this year. But let me ask you, is do you really foresee any team actually trading for him? Really? I mean, let's be real. Do you really see a team that's going to trade for him? And that's why this contract was, was signed and extended, because there probably would have not been a lot of ringing of the phone for him. So you see how he plays, <laughs> I, and then maybe saying. midway through the season, if you put up some numbers, mm-hmm. then you might be able to get a trade out of him? You know, you put your feelers out. You see if he's even healthy the first half of the season, because that hasn't been the case. So what do you, you don't have a whole lot to go on. You don't have a full season to go on. So just like we don't have it to go on, the other teams in the NFL don't have it to go on as well. So you see what happens in the first half. You know, the the, the games have been extended. What are we up to, 18, mm-hmm. 17, 18 games? You see 17. where he is halfway through the season. And who knows, the phone may start ringing. Okay. So since you're in New York, I got another question for you. What what Alicia, what do you think about that? What do you think? Do we still have Alicia, Alicia there? She may have stepped away. Okay. But that you know right. the okay, Niners so, is her team. But, <laughs> yeah, but see, but they they probably gonna need a running back because they're probably gonna lose McKinnon in the free agency. But um so let me ask you this, since you're in New York, are you getting before we switch to basketball, are you getting any what are you hearing in New York about the lawsuit with um, 
Oh boy. Deshaun Watson? No. Deshaun Watson? Oh boy, they used to coach Miami. They used to coach Miami. Oh, used to coach Miami. Oh, okay. Damn, right, I forget right, the right. I forget his um, name. I forget his name. I um, but you know what I'm talking about. Brian Flores. Flores. Yes. So right. are, you see, are you hearing anything in New York pertaining to that? Because the Giants has a significant part in him filing the lawsuit. That's why I'm asking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, right around the time that the lawsuit was filed, and I actually started reading the lawsuit a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't had the opportunity to finish it because I've been so busy. Right around the time that the lawsuit was filed, and, and I don't know if anyone has read it that's listening to us, but it doesn't read as your regular, normal lawsuit. It just opens up like screenplay. I've mm-hmm. never read a lawsuit like worded the way it is. You know, there was a lot of um, denial and then a lot of mm-hmm. clearing up. So, But it hasn't been spoken of lately because there's so much more in the sports world yes. that it kind of got kind of pushed to the side. And it's not just with football, but like with the with baseball and with with basketball. So a lot of March it has kind of preceded. Yeah. Right, a lot of it has preceded the the talk of the town. So I haven't gotten a really good feel, and especially since he was picked up, I think as an assistant coach. So yeah, he's assistant coach, and um, he's actually assistant head coach and defensive line coach for. The Pittsburgh Steelers, ironically. Right. So a lot of the talk has been pushed to the wayside for, like, page eight. It's just as a parable that you don't hear as much being spoken of. But it's very, it's still very much, he's still going forward with the lawsuit, though. Okay. And I and I think it will probably end up coming back because I think the, mm-hmm. the, the NBA, the NFL cannot sweep this one up. They can't. And, and, and Flores has made it abundantly clear. He, like he said, he said, I was looking at an interview that he said, he said, this is not about me. This is about playing fair. He said, and right. I'll fall on the sword for the people behind me. Now, is that a little right. egotistical? A little bit. But Flores does have a good point. I think he makes a good case. And I mm-hmm. would like to see, but see, it's funny that, again, the league is reactive, so as soon as Flores filed the lawsuit and it became public, they get they basically handed Lovey Smith the Houston Texans job, the worst job mm-hmm. in the league. Nobody wants that job. Mm-hmm. So then you give it to him and say, "See, we got black head coaches. See, see, that's how I look at right. it." Right, right. But before that, guys, they just flat out denied it. You know, without even I mean, not even an hour later, they flat out denied the allegations that were in the complaint in the lawsuit. Absolutely. And then somebody must have got in the Goodell's ears like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You know, you can't just flat out deny everything. That you have to show some show some restraint that you actually read it, that you're actually aware. Don't just flat out say no, he's wrong, because that's gonna come out as being, you know. Raise their eyes and, and and looking over, giving the side eye like you haven't even read the charges and you're out there wrong. So you can't do well, it. That's the, you know that's the PR machine. Your lawyer you hasn't know. even had a chance to read it, and then he had to he had to backtrack. He had to backpedal. Yep, yep, absolutely. A day or two later, you know, so you don't necessarily yeah. come out with your guns blazing if you don't have proof that what you're blazing toward mm-hmm. is, is absolutely. 
So, so that kind of that kind of lent itself towards Suarez's complaint. Oh yeah, well, well, like I said, we'll see. You know, the the league is, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see. I, I, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm glad that he's pushing on and he's letting yeah. the and not letting the the machine crush him. And mm-hmm. Tomlin hooked him up. Tomlin said, hey, "You come, you know, you come over here. You know, I understand what you're going through, and I, I, you know, he understands because when he was in Minnesota, he kept getting passed over." So, mm-hmm. no. So we'll, we'll you know, see how Jeff, it goes. I, but. I, I, I think he has some relevance as to why, as to what he says, as far as why he's doing what he's doing, because if it's not addressed publicly, then it's going to continue to be a, a, a sort of contention. You know, it's going to continue to be that old boys club. It was, it's going to be continue to be business as usual, and you have to bring eyes to something that you want change to. And I and I commend him for putting himself out there. If not him, then who? You know, like you well, said, if not him, then who? Who's going to step up yeah. and say these are the things that are actually happening? With and he has the inside knowledge of it. Yeah, well, he also got the email from Belichick, that 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 text message, and that's that all he text. needed. Once he got that text, it's <laughs> on the pop. You know it what I'm saying? So, exactly. Yeah, it was. You know, after he got that, it's, I know he was mega hot. Like, you know what? I know I'm doing it now. So, <laughs> you know, Belichick but, of all people. Well, again, he comes from Belichick. He comes from. He he was a former coach for the Patriots, so he's a Belichick guy. No, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, as, as someone as respected as Belichick in the in the in the game. You know, he that was a big faux pas on his part. Well, here's my only question. My only question is, and, and I, I, I said this, and nobody really has an answer right now. I'm pretty sure it may come out during the lawsuit, but my question was, how does Belichick know what the Giants over there doing? Exactly. How well, you know, he's close to the Giants. He's it's but, a, I mean, out of but, the two New yeah. York teams. Yeah. He 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 has his connections here with the Giants. You know, if they was to go to coach any other place, he already said it would be the Giants. True. You know, True. If, if he was yeah. to leave and go coach anywhere again, it yeah. would be with the New York Giants. That. So he has his he has his um he has his connections. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And then you know with all the, the parcels and all that, so that makes sense. So okay, mm-hmm. so okay, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears. Because we got a lot of basketball to talk about. So I have a question mm-hmm. for you. Okay. 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 So here's my first question for you. Okay. Right now, if you had to pick an MVP, who would it be in the NBA right now? As Ooh, of today? Right now? Would it be, would it be Jokic from Denver? Would it be MB from Philly? Would it be DeRozan from Chicago, or would it be John Morant from uh, the Grizzlies? Okay, so I wrote uh, MB, DeRozan, Morant, and who was the first one? And Jokic, Jokic? who won MV, who won MVP last year. Okay. Now I don't get to see a lot of Jokic play. I don't get to see a lot of him play. Oh, I get this out of okay. the four that you gave me. I see mm-hmm. more of Embiid. Yes. And mm-hmm. and I see a lot of Morant highlights. Yes. 
You know, okay. like not they not everybody. I don't mm-hmm. get every game is not on. Right around now, you're starting to see more, but throughout the first part of the season, you don't see a lot of everybody playing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if Absolutely. I was to go Absolutely. with MVP of the four that you just gave me, mm-hmm. based on what I've yes. seen, I would have to say indeed. Unfortunately, you know how I feel about Philly, but I'm I have my whole hat on. <laughs> you know I. I agree with you, and I'm, I'm going to explain to you mm-hmm. why I agree with you very quickly. Okay. Two reasons. First reason is since watching watching their games, and and I know I can't believe I'm saying this, but right now, him playing with Harden, he is getting he is getting the ball so deep in the post that you can't stop him. Mm-hmm. He's not shooting threes like like last year. He he is doing mm-hmm. what Shaq was saying he should do, which is go on the hole to dominate, big boy. Don't be out there shooting mm-hmm. threes. Don't be terrible. Mm-hmm. Go and dominate, and you probably could be MVP. Shaq said that shit. And mm-hmm. right now, the way he's playing, especially because Harden, I don't know how far Philly can go. I don't. But mm-hmm. I will say this. Right now, Harden is he is commanding so much attention that because of all the attention that he's drawn, Embiid by the time the double team comes, he's so deep in the post that you can't stop. He's getting all the calls right now. He is mm-hmm. getting calls like he's the MVP. Real talk. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to agree. Jazz, but my summation as far as MVP was pre-Harden. I was basically <sighs> say before Harden. Now, it's interesting that you say, I know you have a second point to make, uh-huh. but I want to yeah. say, no, I, no. I, I, have just, I, I have just a little caveat to that. I mm-hmm. don't know if Harden is actually hurting or improving in the Ooh. chances of becoming MVP. I, 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 the jury is still out. The reason I say that is because, you know, they they do make a good team. You know, this is we're in the honeymoon phase right now with Hart yes. and and these. Yes. We Absolutely. still have some games to go. You know, yes. in the beginning it's all good and dandy, but we still have some games to go. But indeed, I was basing his MVP status on his pre-Harden days. Okay. You know, Harden Harden is not a an easy. He's not easy. You know, he he's all he did what he had to do to get out of two teams in one year. But <laughs> no doubt, I don't know. I'm just, that's just a little side note. Yeah, we're yeah. Gonna, we'll talk about yeah. that if not tonight, another time. But yeah, I don't yeah. know if if Harden is is in, you know hurting in these chances of becoming MVP. But that's just that that remains to be seen. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Make your second point. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I, I didn't have a second point because, like I said, pre-Harton, I think he was still dominating, but it's just right now, maybe because the last two or three games that I watched, he's been so mm-hmm. dominant, putting up at least mm-hmm. 40 with 10 and 6 every game. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just, it's it's like, ever since for me, I'm just like, he was already, I feel like Pre-Harden, him and Jokers was probably even. They right. were probably even. 
But mm-hmm. Jokic doesn't have Jam- Jamal Murray right now. So mm-hmm. it's a little struggle right now. Jokic has a – two nights ago when they played the Pelicans, the Denver was down 12 points. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the fourth quarter, Jokic carried them to overtime and then carried them in overtime they win the game against the Pelicans. The man, the man was a beast that night. Well, he's a beast every night. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so post-Harton, now Harden is commanding the attention so that now he could go, what, uh, night before last, what, he'd be with, what, 53, 55, 60? Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. even know. He went for over 50. And they're like, yeah, he right. went for over 50 the game before that. So I just think that right. that's why, you know, so that's why I'm kind of like, Right now he edges out Jokic because of that. Because he, right now he's just he does. unstoppable. He's just unstoppable right now. He does, and he he is edging out with the help of Harden. But you know Harden is making the game easy, not just for Embiid. It's making mm-hmm. it easy for the team. You know he's opening up the floor. He's a true point guard, whereas mm-hmm. the point mm-hmm. you know he is a true point guard. So he's making mm-hmm. the game that much easier. For MB now, not necessarily um, Tobias Harris and the other guy. Well, you know, their points man. are down. Yeah, you know that's, that's, that's and, and the man. other guy. I, I, I'm trying to remember who the other who the other person, other big is. But you know, he's he's making yeah. the game easier for MB. Yeah, so that was the main topic that a lot of people were. Yeah, a lot of people were saying like, yo, so if Tobias could give you. 18 and and seven, and seven, they may have a big three. But everybody's like, where is Tobias right now? Because right now Tobias, Harton, it, it's like Tobias is, is, has disappeared. Right. Danny Green, that's you what know. I was trying to remember. Because both, yeah, both of them are like Danny Green. Yeah, Danny Green and Tobias Harris, you know, their points yeah. are down. Except mm-hmm. for when uh, – I don't know. Was it somebody found out, and they was it Embiid that found out recently? And they uh, it might up. have been. It might have been. I think. It, I think, like I that, think that but, was. Yeah. Right, but so it's, have, he's definitely in the top running right now for MVP. I, I would so, agree. Okay, let me ask you. Second question I have for you, because I, I, I have questions for you. I ain't talked to you in a long time. Okay, <laughs> Ben Simmons. Is supposed to start. He's supposed to play Thursday versus Philly. No, he's not playing. He's gonna. He he he's not playing. Actually, he will not be. He will be there, but he's not playing as of this afternoon. I don't know what I'm saying, but as of this afternoon, two hours before the showtime, he will be Mm. in Philly, but he will not be. He probably won't. He probably won't play until they. Who who are they saying mm. they're gonna play against? Um, Nets. They're, he won't play until I can tell you what game they're talking about. Hold on one second. Uh, I know he's not gonna be playing Saturday because that would have been musty TV. But if I was Ben Simmons, guys, I would be playing. If it out because a lot of people, you know, it's a, the joke of the town is that. March 11th, he's going to have a tremendous comeback, just like Harden did the day after he they play Philly. I'm just saying. Yeah. That's what's, uh, <laughs> that's what's uh, being rumored. 
Yeah. They well, he needs to start playing because right now, they which leads me to my which leads me to my next question is he not playing? Okay. <laughs> since we said I'm, I'm a, so now my next question is if if is the Nets because it looks like the Nets because Ben Simmons isn't playing right now. It looks like mm-hmm. the Nets are one of the four playing teams. Mm-hmm. Are the Nets? They hope to be. The most, they hope to be. Are, are right now they right now they are right now they are a right now they are a nine seed. They're nine because yeah. Hawks, the Hawks are ten. So mm-hmm. are they the most dangerous playing team in the league right now? In the league? Yes, okay, in the whole so league. The, yes, play, in the, the, league. Playing, the, the playing teams are the Nets. Let's see who they, who they are. The Nets, they the are Hawks. The, the Nets, the Hawks, the Hornets, mm-hmm. the Raptors, and the East. In the West, it would be the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. The Timberwolves, the Lakers. So the only teams as of today. And the Pelicans. Okay, as of today, you want from from the east and the west, or from 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 the league, east and west. Out of those eight teams, are the next the most dangerous team, as far as those playing would, teams are concerned. I wouldn't say they are the most because it all depends on the vaccine status. Out of the nine games left with the Nets, Kyrie Irving can only play in one. You have to realize oh he cannot God. play in home oh, games. Shit. He is not playing in any home oh, games. So yeah. the threat yeah. of the net is reduced because of that. Oh, you know, he, like, like, like take tonight. Oh. He's able to play tonight because of the right away now. game. Yeah, they're playing um, the Hornets. 80, they're yeah, up playing like right now. Almost 20 points. Yeah, Kyrie Irving... Yeah, Kyrie Irving can't play in any Nets home games, nor can he play in the Knicks. When they play the Knicks on Sunday, he can't play because the players have to be vaccinated. So the threat of them being the number one out of the play-in is reduced because of that. So now, okay, being in New York, how much mm-hmm. how much pressure are they putting on Mayor Adams to rescind that since the corona numbers are down so that he can play in home games? But that they 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 can't put pressure on him because the mayor has already redirected our mask mandate. You know, you don't have to be masked um, if you're vaccinated or whatever. You don't have to be the, the the stringency has been removed. But the companies have their own private requirements. You know, like now Kyrie can go into the Barclays Center, but he can't play. He can be in this. It makes no sense at all. But no if the Blasio, you know, from what he said, the Blasio originally did it. So he said, you know, he's not going to rescind it. But if the numbers are down, then why don't you rescind it? I don't understand. But the the numbers are down, and the re- the requirements on masking has has been taken off as of this yeah. week, as of yesterday, actually. 
But you so, still, the, the Barclays, just like the MSG, every company mm-hmm. has their own requirements. You know, the, mm-hmm. the private companies have their own requirements, like my job or your job, or whether they have their own requirements of you being vaccinated or not. You know, mm. citywide, that has been removed. So You see what I'm saying? So there's no need. So the vaccination mandate is being slightly enforced depending on where you're working? Companies have their own. They have the, uh, they have the right to have their own requirements. Damn. That's, that's right. oh, man. That's, and that's, I think that's, that's across the board. Across the board. You have some of these red states where they just open up everything, you know, because they want well, yeah, the popularity one of them, to be man, focused on them. Georgie, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> But some I mean, companies but are not sense. as as. as, as it, don't make sense. They just following. It's they're following the CDC rules. You know, they have their own. As long as the the, the threat of the virus is still out there, though, and especially for the unvaccinated, you know, that's that's not something that you know we can control because the virus is still out there. So. But that's why, as far as the threats of those 18, I don't think the next is the number one threat. So who is the number one threat then? And we could take this. We could take this Eastern and Eastern. We could take it independently. So on the East, between as of today, Raptors, Hornets, Nets, Hawks. Who who is who if you had to pick one team that was gonna do what Memphis did last year, which is take the play in games and play into the playoffs, which one of those four teams would do what Memphis did last year? The potential to okay, do what now, Memphis did last year. Now I'm trying to remember who's hurt on each of these teams. I think the Hawks have a full roster, if I'm not mistaken. Hawks have a full roster. Um, but they don't like have anyone said, the, injured the Nets out. Have their have that the Kyrie thing. The Hornets are their full strength. And the, and the Raptors. Don't remember, Simmons, Simmons is still not playing, so we don't know exactly when he's coming. Uh, I'm thinking it's with. Boy, the, um, uh, I'm thinking. I think they said he's going to be playing. His first game will be with the Orlando Magic next Tuesday. Okay. But we don't well, know what type of the playing magic. form. Yeah, who, everybody. He'll, I, he'll I, look I look good against the Magic. Yeah, he'll. he'll. <laughs> if you're going to bring him back, you put you instill confidence in him, you play him against the Magic. Absolutely. Exactly. And I think that's the rationale between that choice. Well, I but would with say. With that being said, Jazz. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, like you said, if you take the, the Kyrie part out of it. If he go if he can only play in road games and then you got the Ben Simmons thing, you don't know what you mm-hmm. exactly got, then mm-hmm. which would is there any and if if none of these teams could do it, just say none of them. You know, you know, if, if you know between the Raptors, Hornets and Hawks and Nets, do you think mm-hmm. any of these teams will go through the playing round and actually make it into the playoffs? Well, let's go through the first round. The first round, like I said, I think the Hawks have the most complete roster, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. 
And the Hornets, for some reason, I'm thinking somebody is, like, key players are out, injured. Okay. I would say, I think I'm going to go with the Hawks first. It breaks my heart because you know how I feel about them. Okay. Okay. And on the West, on the West, Mm -hmm. I'm definitely taking out the Lakers. Okay. So you got the Pelicans, Clippers, and the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves Timberwolves left. Right. Now, the Clippers, they have, they don't have, they're big too. But yeah, they, they don't they, have Kyrie or they don't have uh, Paul, Kawhi Leonard, right? Yeah, they, they don't, don't have, have Leonard or um, Paul George. Yeah, right. And for the Pelicans, I think I would go with the hmm, the Timberwolves or the Pelicans. Pelicans are playing good, but I'm watching them play right now. Yeah, good. I know. I mean, they're getting blown out tonight, they, but they they they're playing good. They have their good night. They they have yeah, their I mean, big, they got they got good good McCallum, mm-hmm. Ingram, and McCallum and Ingram are playing really good as a combo. Um, and that's still new, then, too, you know. That's still new. Yes. Yes. So, they're, they're playing. They're, the Pelicans are not bad. They're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, the Pelicans, they do have the ability to, to beat teams. Absolutely. They, they, they're, they're, they're that sleeper team. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, they're um, that sleeper team. So you would but then say, the wolves. Then you have the wolves. Yeah, the wolves are the wolves are seven seed. So I mean, Towns gets hot. Uh, Russell gets hot. Um, they got my man Anthony Edwards. They they're dangerous. Yeah, he's good. absolutely. When he gets so, hot, when he gets hot, man. Yeah, but he was he was hurt. He didn't play last night. He didn't play last night. Um. He had a, had a little knee injury, so I'm not sure how long he's going to be out. Mm-hmm. But so I, don't know, West, I don't think I he's going to be out too go, long. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, with the West, I think I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. Okay. All right, cool. So, okay, so now that you're in the West, I got another question for you. If 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 the Lakers, let's say they make the play-in, and then they get they get knocked out. Should Vogel be fired? Oh, should Vogel be fired? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I, that's that's a that's a tough one because he can only play what's on what what's before him. I agree. You know, and and this mat this 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 roster looks better on paper than it does on the court. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a definitely a, a roster that's not built to win. I tell you that much. It, it's not built to do much of anything. Russell Westbrook <laughs> is a train wreck. Is is uh, where do you start? Besides Russell Westbrook, because that's where everybody starts at. But uh, yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I but I, I I I go. You know, I'm always for the underdog. And I, mm-hmm. I, I like Russell Westbrook. I really do. But I think a lot of their losing is erroneously placed on his shoulders. You know, he, he, his game is his game. You know, mm-hmm. you can't change a man's game. He has had, he has been a dominant um, triple threat for how many years now? Mm-hmm. 
You You're know, right. he comes to L.A., and all of a sudden, you know, he's thrust into this role. I'm going mm-hmm. to have this. I have, I have a tickle in my throat. Give me one second. <laughs> you can keep talking, Dad. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't want to cough on the air. But you bring mm-hmm. him to L.A., and you thrust him into this role, and when it doesn't work, everybody turns on him. And I don't when think that's right. You ball? know, he, he is. He is. You blame who? You're not gonna blame the world. You said, it like, you said like, oh my god, I'm crushing my pearls. <laughs> but you, that's not. But the blame, happen. the blame, the blame has. If he had, if he's part of the blame, he should. He has to take his lumps too. But you can't all lump it on Russell. What's the on his shoulders? You know, everybody had a role to play, all the way from the top to the bottom. You know, Polinka. I mean, I don't even understand why he, or why or how he's still there. You want to, you want to talk about firing? Yeah. But um, yeah. I, 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 that, that's a whole nother show right there. But I just, I, I like Russell, you know, and I think a lot is being heaped on him. Wrongfully. Well, what's your take on it? I mean, I think you're gonna fire Vogel because you can't blame LeBron. So. The coach is the odd man out. When Cleveland couldn't win, <laughs> when LeBron was in his younger years and Cleveland couldn't win the championship, they blamed Mike Mike Davis. So blamed him. They bring in Tyron Lue. Da da da. He goes to Miami. Miami has a stronger mindset, so there was no fire. But then they won championships. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you, you, LeBron gets no blame. He, and, again, it's, it's no blame, all the glory. So, uh-huh. I think will, that's wrong. He deserves blame, too. Vogel will get fired because you can't fire LeBron. So, there you go. It's that simple. <laughs> In my world, it's just that simple. It can't be. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Can't fire it's, LeBron. It's not that hard, Josh. It's not that hard. <laughs> You can't fire LeBron, so you're going to fire Vogel. And then you're going to bring in whoever LeBron wants you to bring in. So mm-hmm. so now, okay, one last question, because I know we're getting short on time. Have you know? I'm not sure if you've been watching the Phoenix Suns play, but if, if Chris Paul, now we, all, we, we both can agree that the Suns are top seed in the West. They are a great team with Chris mm-hmm. Paul. Right. If Chris Paul, if Chris Paul is injured for a significant amount of time, can they still make a run at the championship? Now I know that Devin Booker was also out. Was it Devin Booker? Is that his running mate? Yeah, Devin Booker. Yeah, you got Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. Absolutely. He, he was he was injured either the last two games or something like that. I don't know the extent of his injury. Yeah, he you know, they're on the he, West well, Coast. So yeah, he's back now. Okay, because I don't see a lot of their games unless they're playing the Knicks. But yeah. um, I think they have the blueprint, you know, because Chris Paul has been out for, for a bit, like before oh, yeah. the All-Star break. Yeah. You know, and I think um, I think they have the blueprint to continue on their, their, their win. 
Okay. Now, I don't know how far they can go without Chris Paul, but I don't think Chris Paul is expected to be out postseason. I can't, if I'm not mistaken, I have to I have to read up on that. I don't know well, how long he's expected to be out with that, with that thumb, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, but you know, but remember, we're talking about Chris Paul here. How many years have we watched Chris Paul come up lame in the playoffs? He did it with the Clippers. Too many to count. Yeah, so that's why I asked the question. The Clippers. <laughs> yeah, that that's why I asked the question because it it wasn't pertinent last year, but it was pertinent mm-hmm. every year before that. True. So and also last year was a shortened season as well. Remember? Yes, yes absolutely. So that played absolutely. a part in it as well. Yeah, and I and I you know what? And I neglected the, the fact that it was a shortened season. You're absolutely right. But I, I would, right. and um, but now if you had to, if you are okay, one last question because I know we gotta go. Is Memphis? Because I know I know you don't do a lot of West Coast games, but um, I know you're aware. And if you're not aware, Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies are now the two seed in the West. They have overtaken yep. the Golden State Warriors. Yes, they have. So. My question for you, and I'm not sure, I would like for you to answer the best way you can. Is okay. Memphis that good, or are they just on a great streak right now? I think it's a combination of a little bit of both. You know, with the with John Morant, he just brings so much to the game that mm-hmm. it, he just amazes. It's like an amazement every night he's on the court. But that they're a young team, you know. They, it, I don't think now is their time, but it's coming. But I think they're just on a good streak right now because they okay. can't go up against the teams that can dominate with that exper- experiences. You know, you can be mm-hmm. new and hungry, but that doesn't equate wins and championships. A new and hungry young team doesn't necessarily equate championships. But um, they are exciting to watch, you know, thanks to Jock. But um, I don't think now is their time, but trust and believe, it's, it's, it's in the very near future. So I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. Okay. I, I can go with that. I go with that. Makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, I, I watch a lot of their games. They're, 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 they're a good team, but I do, mm-hmm. I do believe they're on, a, they're on a streak right now. When mm-hmm. the team is hot, you ride with them. Right now they're hot. And right, and they still have some growing pains to go through. Absolutely. And Golden State, and here's the one thing about them, is the other night, it was about a, maybe a week or two ago, I'm not sure if, if people were paying attention, John Moran had a, a problem with either his hip or his groin. And mm-hmm. he played through and finished the game. They lost. He finished the game. And mm-hmm. I was watching it, and I was like, dude, they need to take him out, too. Because, again, this is your future. Right. Take him out. Let him rest. Don't let him play himself into an injury that could that could probably mess him up a little down the road. It works. Mm-hmm. And you play off. You know, now you become a lane. Now, you, you know, your leg's not working as well now. The die. So I, you know, so I was, but they didn't. They let him play through it and everything, and he didn't. I think he missed like one game. So, oh, but he's, but he's young. 
But when mm-hmm. you're young, sometimes you, you're you hurt worse better. than you <laughs> think that you are. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that was the only thing about that. Yeah, but then the Golden, but then I, I I have been noticing go watching the Golden State, watching the West, the Golden State. They're resting. You know, Draymond Green is still out. Clay is not running back to backs. Uh, mm-hmm. Steph is sitting out a little. Is sitting out games. He sat out the games like actually all three of them didn't play last night. They lost. They lost to uh, I forget what they lost to. I think they lost by like mm-hmm. se- they, they lost by like seven or something, but. You know, so, but, again, the Golden State Grizzly veterans, they understand. It don't matter what seed we're at. Because mm-hmm. we still, in the playoffs, we're going to be full strength and we whooping that ass. Right. So, and I can see them sitting out their victory because they have a big game coming up on Saturday against the champs, the, the Bucks. Yes. So yes. I can see that, you know. They're preserving yes. them. And that's what a seasoned team does and not what a new and up-and-coming team does. That's the difference Yeah, because the other part of Dallas that is, and Warriors. Yeah, because now you got to think about it like this. Remember, when you're the team that's in vogue, the league wants you to do all this extra stuff. you got to do extra press. You got Now you mm-hmm. get more games on national TV. Like, they got the game tonight on TNT. Never seen the mm-hmm. Memphis Grizzlies on TNT this much. They're on TNT. Nope. They're on ESPN. They play on Saturday night. They, the league is because now you're the because John Morant now is you know real hot right now. Mm-hmm. So the league is putting them in situations where they may not you know you you get burned out because now mm-hmm. it's pressure because now people expect for you to win. And you're supposed to do it while you do it. Right. Pressure. Good. Everybody don't handle pressure well. So I uh, will see. Yeah, pressure, I mean, pressure breaks. <laughs> pressure, pressure burst pipes all day long. Right. But I know we, I know That's we right. ran a little long. I apologize, baby. I, I just hadn't talked to you in a while. No problem. So I know we had a lot to catch up on. Yeah, that ain't even everything. But I guess that's enough for now. So people, I hope that you enjoyed yeah. it. Welcome back. We're here. We're back. We're on point. Uh, we may, you know, we may shorten the times a little bit sometime. Maybe we'll knock down to 45 seconds. I mean, 45 minutes, um, depending on night, you know what I'm saying? But we're mm-hmm. here. We're back. I want to thank everybody for listening. And it's been a pleasure to speak to you, Miss Tony. It's also been a pleasure to interact with all of our um, listeners and everything. So, uh, you know, now you got to do your thing because that's, that's my thing. Well, you took us out quite well, Jess. So thank you once again, as Jess said. We appreciate you guys for tuning in to Let's Chat Sports. And please get used to our new format. Let's Chat Radio is going to be on prior to Let's Chat Sports. But Jazz and I are here, started at 8 or a little bit after 8, and we are going to take you through all the highlights of what's happening in the sports world. So once again, thank you so much for joining us this evening. And don't forget, see you in on what's happening in the sports oh, world. Oh, hold up. Good night, before, everybody. We, before we go off the air. Before we go off the air. Okay. Okay. Kyle, I told you. I told you, Kyle. <laughs> the Knicks are terrible. <laughs> I just want to say that. Leave my leave my son alone. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. You, know, you talked about him. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
He know. He know his king I ain't good. I will pass your okay. message on. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we, you. We can go now. <laughs> we can go now. We can go now. I got that off my chest. We can go now. <laughs> okay, guys. Now that he's 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 talking about my son and our team, we are gonna say good night, and we'll be back next Tuesday at eight p.m. Enjoy. Have All a great right. one. Good night. I right, have a good night. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Good night.